Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another Talking Sense with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy and every week I answer one of your real life questions to offer you some psychological understandings, ideas and suggestions to guide you. Before we begin, I always like to give you a little moment of pause, a small reflection and maybe a little task for you to try and do sometime today or during the week. This week, I wonder if you can find one moment to really care for yourself. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but make sure it's not an everyday task like having a shower or having some rest. Make sure it's actually something significant that shows that you are nurturing and caring for yourself. It doesn't have to be major, but it does have to be something that is meaningful to you. Take a moment to think about it, and when you're ready, Let's begin. Today's question is something I get asked a lot. What do we do when our children won't listen to us and they won't just take our no for an answer? Let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. Um, my question to you is, how do I support my three-year-old son who is very active, who uh, doesn't listen to instructions and um, doesn't sort of like abide to when people say no and he has major tantrums and I kind of feel like things are slipping out of control a little bit so I was wondering if you have any advice on that on challenging behavior maybe or how to address um, children who are less likely or a bit more stubborn if you will to listen to no or to listen to rules and instructions from adults thank you very much So I'm pretty sure every single parent has been here, whether your child is three or they're five, or maybe even in the teenage stage. You know, when a child is not listening to something that you're saying, but particularly they're not following through with a demand that you've made, that may begin with the word no. That is so, so common. And I think often what we do as parents is we think, well, maybe they didn't hear me, so you ask again. But after a while, you become more and more frustrated. And if that's happened to you, that what you've done is repeat and remind them, repeat and remind them, and you're like, why is this not sticking? I hear you, I get you, I've been there before, so many parents have been there. And I wanna tell you first and foremost that this is not a sign of misbehavior. This is not a sign of a child being stubborn or naughty or even defiant. 
When children are not listening to us, they're not listening to our no, we need to get really curious, first of all, about what is happening to our child in that moment. What's happening to them is clearly not what we want to be happening to them. They're not doing what we're expecting them to do. Perhaps they're not listening to a rule or a boundary. And if we're talking about boundaries in this sense with little ones, where we're saying, don't touch something or no climbing, and what you see is your child keeps climbing, then what I would say to you is just stop and think for a moment. Because asking your child not to do something where they have an impulse or a curiosity or simply this kind of need to explore the world and do that thing is not going to help them. Children don't have like an innate ability in their brains to just stop the impulse and understand that when you say no, it might be because it's dangerous or it's unsafe in some way or something might break. They don't understand that, but you do as an adult. So if you're observing a behavior that is happening in this way, you know, it's being repeated over and over again. The way to think about this is whatever you have done in terms of stopping your child, which might be saying no to them, it's not working. It's not your child being stubborn. It's you not imposing a boundary that works. And a boundary for some a child who's around three may mean moving certain objects out of the way, may mean moving your child out of certain situations. It might mean closing doors, or in my case, it often meant moving plant pots, cactuses, because I really like cactuses. They had to go straight, way up, all the way, like as high as I could put them so that my child wouldn't touch them. Me saying, no, don't touch, was not gonna stop my child touching that cactus. Not because she's defiant or she was being naughty or she was like trying to wind me up, but because she's curious. And that's what a three-year-old is supposed to do. They're supposed to climb and explore and figure things out. And they only learn boundaries successfully when they are set up in a way that makes them successful. And the person who has to set up the boundary is you. And the boundary with little ones is not words, it's actions. It's your behavior that protects them and that puts in that kind of barrier of no. But now let's take a moment to really think about this. You know, what is it that makes children not listen to us, not listen to our no? So one of the things that is important as a reminder for whatever age your child is, whether they're toddlers or they're teenagers, is that a bit like adults, they have a need for power and control, okay? Children really need to feel like they are agents of their own lives, like they have some agency over the things that they do or don't do, and when they don't have opportunities to exert their power in a positive and healthy way, for example, choosing what they can wear, um, picking out what toys to play with, or perhaps even choosing some elements of your meal. When they don't get that any form of power in their day, they're gonna try and find it in other ways. And one of the easiest ways for children to get some power is by not listening to you, 
okay? It's really easy. They can use their body language, they can use their words, and it's kind of like a power struggle between you and a very small child. And that's what I often think about as an adult, when I get in a power struggle with my child, because I do, it doesn't matter that I'm a clinical psychologist, I am a human, and I also fall into these traps. When I see myself getting into a power struggle with my child, who is four, I often will stop and pause. And sometimes it's not in the moment, it comes with hindsight. This is a really difficult thing to do in the moment where you're struggling with your child and you're saying no and they're pushing for a yes or they're simply ignoring you. But in hindsight, you need to sometimes just really think, okay, what am I not listening to in my child? That means that they have to assert their need for power and control in this way repeatedly. Because this behavior, again, it's a communication. They're trying to express a need for more decision-making, for more control in their lives. And at the age of three, to go back to this question, this is even more critical because three-year-olds have moved away from being little two-year-olds who are toddling around the world. They often feel a lot more confident on their feet. Their language is often a lot more developed. They understand the world a little bit better. They don't understand all of it, of course, but they have a better sense of things and relationships and they want control. They want control over things I've already mentioned, things that they can wear, things like washing their own body in the bath or putting on their own moisturizer or beginning to get dressed themselves. These are things that children really value developing as skills at the age of three. And they really value when you offer them the ability to take control and have power over these decisions. Now, I'm not suggesting that you let your child make all decisions at the age of three, but I am saying you do need to have a little think about where does your power and your boundaries lie in your home? Are you only setting boundaries with words? Because if you are that's not gonna work, I'm gonna tell you now. It's never gonna work with little ones. And often, even with grown-ups and adults, it doesn't work, you know? To sometimes set a boundary, you need to take an action. It is not a consequence, it's a boundary. Secondly, you also need to have a think about how you are allowing your child to make more decisions, to take more control. If what your child feels is like they are powerless and helpless, and you're the one always setting the rules and putting or imposing the power in your home, it's going to lead to more power struggles like this. So those are two things to begin. And now I'm going to talk you through a few ideas because using the word no can be really counterproductive. And there has been some research about the fact that children hear the word no more than 300 times a day. And when you hear a word that frequently, I promise you, it just becomes like something you don't have to listen to anymore. It's so easy to ignore something that you hear repeatedly. So if you're the kind of parent, an adult, who uses no a lot, I'm gonna offer you some strategies that are a lot more effective and can support children to listen to you. Because as soon as we say no, we shut down our children's brains, okay? We are actually saying to them, you can't have the thing you want, or you're not allowed to make that decision, or you have no control over the situation. You're basically powerless. As soon as we do that, it's inevitable that they're going to protest. 
In many ways, it's healthy that children protest. They're saying, you're taking away some of my freedom, which sometimes you have to as a parent. And I'm not going to remove your no, okay? I have heard some people say, you should never say no to children. I, I really don't agree with that, okay? No is a word that you have to use as a parent. But I do think you can become more intentional and conscious of when you use the word no. And instead, be more creative and yes, more thoughtful because it takes more thought to use something different. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to say yes to your child every time. I'm going to give you some examples of what you are going to say instead. But what I do mean is that your word no, that word needs to kind of be protected for times where what we're saying to a child is it's a risk, it's a danger stop. Okay, we want to make no an urgent kind of absolutely freeze right now. And the less we use no, the more powerful it becomes. But of course, you need an alternative if you're not going to use a no. So that's what we're going to discuss now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So first of all, when a parent says to me that their child is not listening to them, that they're not following their rules, you know, my first question or my first thought is around the fact that what a parent is often talking about is compliance. Your child is not complying to your demands. And when that happens, I often will suggest that we slow things down and that as a parent, you think about times when you are listening to your child. Because children listening to us begins with us listening to them. I mean, this might seem really simple, but at the same time, it's really hard. We need to listen to our children's requests, their demands, their wishes, okay? The things that they want to do and explore, we need to stop and listen to them first, because this is about connection. So what we're going to do is connect with children before we correct them or before we move them through to another possibility. Because you're not always going to be able to say yes, but you can always listen to your child. And these are small steps, but for little ones, this is really powerful. And actually, I said for little ones, I think this is really powerful for adults too, okay? When your child is needing your attention or they're asking something of you, even though the first word in your mouth might be no, I want you to stop, not say a word, and instead I want you to give them your attention. That means 
Give them eye contact. They're across the room, you get closer. You get a lot closer. You need to be at touching range with your child. I want you to lower yourself down to their level and look at them in the eyes, okay? I want you to get curious about what they've asked or listen to what they've said. And one way of showing that is by repeating it. That not only shows your child, hey, I listened to you, but it's opening up communication about something they want. For example, your child might say, mommy, I want an ice cream. And you might think, well, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. You're not getting one. You're allowed to think that and you're allowed not to give your child an ice cream. But you might be close enough for your child to ask the question, but not close enough to touch. Stop what you're doing. It takes seconds. Move to your child, get really close and say, oh, you want an ice cream. We've just had breakfast. That's interesting. Are you telling me you're hungry? Get curious. Your child might say yes. They may say no. They may say, I just fancy an ice cream. They might say, it's sunny today. It feels like summer. Whatever. Explore it. Talk about it. Think about it. Okay, this is step one. We want our children to feel heard. If as soon as your child asks you a question, hey, mommy, I want an ice cream. You go, no, it's 11. You know, the first thing that you've done there is shut them down. You haven't even understood why they want an ice cream. You haven't made sense of their request at all. And now your expectation is, because I'm the adult and the parent, I've said no to you, so you need to accept that without questioning me. What often happens is children question us through a protest by shouting louder, but I really want one, I want one, give me an ice cream, and they cry. I mean, to me, that is an understandable and actually natural progression of a communication that has been shut down. So instead, pause. Get on your child's level. Give them attention. This may actually shrink lots of the power battles straight away. Why? Because as soon as children feel heard and understood, they're more open to listening and hearing you out. I mean, it makes sense. Again, I'm talking about children here, but even if we think about an adult conversation, when an adult requests or asks something of you, if you just shut them down immediately, that just puts them up in a defensive mode, doesn't it? It it makes them prickly. It makes them think, hey, wait a minute, what? Why did you say no to me? If instead what you do is open up a communication, you're gonna get somewhere and you're gonna find, hopefully, a resolution that fits your ability to meet their need, but maybe your child's ability to feel understood and heard and maybe be able to appreciate as much as a three-year-old can do that an ice cream is not okay right now, but it can be okay a little bit later. But of course, there's another step. So next thing to do is this. One of the things that parents and actually all of us do a lot is use the words no and don't too much. We just use them so easily. And if we actually just stop and think about how often we use those words in a day to our children, it's probably going to amaze you. I don't know what it sounds like for you, but it might sound like, don't touch that. Please don't run up and down the hall. Please don't play with your food. Don't put your hands on there. Don't put your feet there. No, don't make that noise. Okay. 
If we actually made a list of all the don'ts and no's that children hear every single day, and if they go to a nursery or school, multiply that by at least three, because there will be plenty. Now, no and don't, we think of them as negative commands, okay? We are asking someone not to do something. And this requires children, particularly little ones, to do two things at the same time. They have to answer two questions simultaneously. The first one is, what do they not want me to do? And the second one is, what can I do instead? Now, if all you ever say is no or don't, and what you do is offer the negative command, your child has an answer to question one. I know what they don't want me to do. They have no answer to the second. And that is really confusing and very contradictory. Because if what you're saying is, don't touch that, your child, without speaking, is feeling like, well, what can I touch instead? So if what you really want to do is teach your child appropriate behavior, particularly little ones around the age of three, toddlers, who are, again, being curious and exploring the world and touching and doing things that they probably shouldn't. And what you want to do is teach them that there is a more appropriate alternative, then I want you to do that. But that means telling your child what they can do, not necessarily what they can't. So, When I say this, sometimes people get a little bit fired up and they're like, sometimes you have to tell children not to do things. Of course you do. But why don't you begin with showing your child what they can and what you want them to do so that what you're doing is teaching them, not just telling them off. Those are two very different things, okay? So for example, if your child is touching something that they shouldn't, begin by saying, Oh, yes, you can stroke the dog like this. Hold their hand, show them how. The the dog loves gentle strokes just like this. We don't hit the dog or we don't touch the dog in this way, whatever way they were doing before. What you want to be doing is demonstrating the do before you tell them the don't because this is going to wire your child's brain to do more of the things you want them to do and really it makes sense okay don't jump on the sofa if instead you're like yes you're allowed to jump on the floor please get on the floor here you go come with me on the floor woohoo let's jump here great your child is going to begin to learn that jumping is acceptable and it's allowed on the floor They're more likely to jump on the floor more than jump on the sofa. But if all you ever say is don't jump on the sofa, they're just going to keep jumping on the sofa when they want to jump because they don't know where else to do it. So this one is simple, but I promise you it's hard, okay? Try not to say don't and no straight away. Try and offer your child the doing, the alternative that you want them to do more of. Give them that first. Because as I said, and I'm going to repeat it, this is the learning bit. You're teaching them something. Otherwise, you're just telling them off. And long term, the more you tell off a child, the more they're likely to protest and try and do more of it because they don't understand the why behind the don't. And one more for you, which is for me the most powerful one. It's the one I use the most. And I think the one that parents have told me is the most useful 
but it takes a lot of intention and conscious kind of thinking to use it. It's not something that comes naturally to most of us, not even me. So what it is, is something that I call finding your creative yes, okay? So think about your normal knee-jerk reaction to the request that you get from your child and how often you say no. And again, I'm gonna use that example I used before, okay? Your child says, mommy, I want an ice cream. And you go, no, it's 11 o'clock, you just had breakfast. Okay, that all makes sense to me. But of course children are gonna stop listening to you because they're thinking you never listened to me. So once you've got curious, you've had a chat with them, if this is not a boundary where you're gonna tell them what to do, Find your creative yes, because yes, we know this from research and neuroscientific research on the brain opens up possibilities. It actually wires our brain to listen. So when we hear the word yes, suddenly we're engaged. And people have done this to adults in conferences. And it's astounding. It's always really entertaining to observe. But they get bombarded with lots of no's and then they get given a yes and everybody suddenly is really focused and really listening to what's happening. The same is true for all of us. We all wanna hear a yes. Because yes is full of possibility and hope that we're gonna get the thing that we really want. So, your creative yes might still be a boundary, okay? So your yes answer may surprise your child. It may help them pay attention to you when they're asking for something and you can still set a boundary with it. So for example, the ice cream example, it may sound like, yes, I know you love ice cream and it is a lovely sunny day. I think it would be lovely to have ice cream. Right now, We've just had breakfast, so now is not a good time. But how about after lunch? Shall we have an ice cream after lunch? And what flavor would you like? Okay, well, that was a yes. Your child asked for an ice cream. You made sense of what they wanted, why they wanted it. You're now saying yes to them, but not right now. Because right now is not appropriate for whatever reason. But there is a later, there is a delayed gratification. There is a let's plan, let's make an action plan for something. Even wanna give your child a bit more power and control. Like I said, if you have ice cream in the house, you might say to them, let's look at the ice cream cupboard. Which one do you want? Great, that one, let's put them on the top shelf. We are gonna save that for after lunch or at lunchtime and you're gonna get an ice cream. How exciting is that? And actually, who knows? Maybe you'll treat yourself to an ice cream. Why not? Join your child. Say yes to yourself too. Okay, there's so many more ways that you can say yes. Your child wants to go to the park. You don't want to, you can't fit it in. It's raining, whatever. You can find a creative yes. Yes, the park is so much fun. You love going on the slides. Shall we go on Friday after school? Doesn't have to be today. Doesn't have to be right now. You can hold your boundary. Yes, 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 you can. And yes, you can find a yes for your child. And if you find this really difficult, I want you to know you're not alone. I think it's 
the most difficult thing to do. We're simply not used to it, okay? And I think as parents, there is sometimes a bit of a narrative about the fact that we hold the power and we're supposed to control our children. And obviously that is something that I talk about a lot on my Instagram and I do here on my podcasts about how that is not our job. Our job is not to control our children. Our job is to guide and teach our children. But first and foremostly, it's to control ourselves. And part of this control is to learn to control the words that we use with our children, to really pause and be mindful and thoughtful of the words that go through our mouth. And in these moments of requests, of demands from our child, where the first thing we want to do is run with a no, I want you to pause because there's no urgency in saying no to the park or no to ice cream or no even to jumping on the sofa, okay? Your child is okay, they're safe, they're not in immediate risk, slow down. Think about how you're gonna get closer and listen to their need. How are you going to either show them an alternative do or give them a creative yes? Take your time. It's going to take a few minutes. You're not going to be able to do this immediately, straight away. Give yourself some compassion and some grace to also know that these things take time and work. And it's okay to do that. And the times where you do jump in with a no are times of danger and risk. Your child is running onto the road. You run straight after your child and you're allowed to scream no. No, stop, grab them. Your child is about to touch something dangerous like a cactus. Yes, you grab them. You say, no, don't touch, that's dangerous. They're going to a hot flame. Again, shout out, no. Make your child stop in their tracks because when they don't hear no very often, when they do, they will stop. They will see it as the word is supposed to be an alert an important signal of danger, something that says stop. No and don't should be protected in your vocabulary for times which are necessary. Finally, just a small reminder that if your child is not listening to you, it should be a signal, a really strong signal for you that although it might seem like defiance or inattention or stubbornness, it's likely to be a way of getting your attention and possibly your child trying to express a need for power and control. We all want to be seen and heard and children in particular need this. The younger they are, the more they need us to know that what they want and what they need is important and that we value this from them. So if what you're getting into is power struggles, The one person who can untangle it all is you. And the best way to start that is by pausing, start to reflect, perhaps in hindsight, from these power battles. What is your child asking you? Where can you offer them more control and power and decision-making? And when can you move towards your child to truly listen to them so that what happens is they then listen to your response. And we're coming to an end. Just before we finish, I want to let you know that my Confident Parent course, which is available online, has an extensive chapter on challenging behaviors. 
just like this. I go through them in a lot more detail. I give lots of examples and suggestions to guide you. And I also offer you some reflective exercises to kind of offer you a different perspective on the situations that you're finding challenging with your children, whether it be manners or rudeness or times where you feel like your child is not listening. So if that would be useful to you, don't forget to go to my website, www.drmartapsychologist.com. And as always, I like to end on a mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. This week, my mantra for you is, I can connect before I correct. Remember, it's really simple and only takes a few seconds to show your child that what you're doing is listening and valuing them. And also, like I said before, it's not just for kids. So give it a try. I hope you have a restful week and I look forward to you joining me again on another Talking Sense. Until then, see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 